Blog Talk Radio. Empowered Love with author, self-mastery coach, and relationship expert, Melanie Tanya Evans. Take back your power, heal your soul, and set yourself free. Free through Empowered Love. And now your host of Empowered Love, Melanie Tanya Evans. Hi everyone, I'm Mel and welcome to the first radio show for 2015 and I hope that you have had a wonderful start to this year and I am so excited to be back doing these radio shows and these articles and I'm so excited to be talking about this pivotal topic which is love. So today's radio show is about authentic love versus narcissistic love. And last week I posted on Facebook inviting people to share what their definition of love was. And there were many incredible answers that came forth that I have included in the article and in this radio show. And often people ask me what constitutes a healthy relationship and how do I know when it's real love? And of course, these can be difficult questions after being in narcissistic relationships. And to get started on this, I truly believe that real love is a state. It's not an acquisition. And in many cases, we may feel devastated about the lack of love we have in our lives. Yet we need to open our eyes to the beauty and be receptive to hearing the evidence all around us and open our hearts to truly experience it. As one Facebook member posted on my page, Love is all giving to self and to others. It is unconditional. It is the air we breathe. It is compassion thoughtfulness, encompassing. It's the tingle of our skin during a thunderstorm. It's the butterfly who lands on us, the dawn kissing a new day, the moon hugging a cold night, a child being born, a kind word, a hug, a smile, a hot cup of tea. It's many things. I really couldn't agree more. And the truth is we can't get love. We can only be it. And then, from that place, we can become a vessel generating and receiving more of its magnificence. When we can understand how narcissistic love operates and how we were or are participating in this model, we can realise that our life's worth is Our life's work is about exercising ourselves from the delusions that we were taught about love in order to become an authentic vessel for it instead. So let's have a look at some of the delusions of narcissistic love and it's certainly not just narcissists who try to create love unconsciously. Unconscious love is a state of feeling loveless and trying to get attention, approval, energy or significance from outside of ourselves in order to feel more lovable and worthy. It's an easy state to be in and it's an unconsciousness that we can be very unconscious about. 
meaning not knowing we're stuck in that painful pattern or realising how self-defeating it is. These unconscious patterns of trying to get love are often perpetrated by the societal view of peers and parents that we should be coupled and that there is something wrong and defective about us if we aren't. And this takes the wanting to having a love relationship beyond a healthy desire to a level of neediness. It's a requirement and we believe that life will not be okay until I have someone special loving me. When people feel empty, it means that they have not achieved the vital first step of loving and approving of self. Our role models and conditioning did not make this a straightforward process. As little ones, many people were brought up to believe that imperfection is not okay. So a simple example of this is, we may have been scolded at three years of age because we spilt or broke something. And the message we received from this was personalised. We took it deeply on because we did not have the adult maturity to separate the scolding from our own inherent self-esteem. We grew up believing it is not okay to be imperfect and that if we are not perfect, which is an impossible ideal, that somehow we were flawed and defective. Children are gloriously imperfect. It's the innocence, purity and the raw expression of children that makes them imperfect. If they are not taught unconditional love, which is you are lovable and worthy because you just are, and this is not separated out from the guidance that comes with discipline, required with development and understanding, then damage to the inner identity occurs. It is age appropriate for a three-year-old to spill and break things and to be clumsy and imperfect. Yet this wasn't recognised in the eyes of adults who demanded the perfection of children needing to behave like adults. We've all heard or experienced that children should be seen and not heard. And ironically, it was these adults who couldn't accept their own flaws because they were brought up to be perfect also. It was these same parents who could not admit their own imperfections and display humility and fallibility to their children and instead took on the righteous being right high road, creating even more emotional damage to everybody concerned. Sadly, only lately, it's understood that arresting the child's self-worth with shame creates maladapted thoughts, feelings and behaviours that makes establishing and maintaining healthy relationships with self and others extremely difficult as an adult. People suffering from narcissistic personality disorder are not quite the same as people who are codependents in that narcissistic people have completely submerged their true self and assigned a false self in its place. And this has become so front and centre in the narcissist's life in order to emotionally survive that the fundaments of humanity, integrity and conscience 
have shriveled up and become non-existence. The core of narcissistic love is deep shame and the resulting maladaptive ways of relating to self and others. Codependents still have access to humanity and integrity. Until any of us have accepted our glorious imperfections and that we are worth loving with these imperfections and choose to love ourselves with these imperfections, there is a regular trigger detonated from others and life which brings evidence of not being lovable and worthy as well as the likelihood to be attracted to and attractive to other people who also have a deep core of shame. In the case of a narcissist, there is an unreal, childish expectation that the partner or family member be the perfect version of what the narcissist's false self needs to receive in order to be whole. But what happens? When this person has their own issues or is unwell or consumed or brings things up about the narcissist that require confronting or simply cannot be perfect enough to mirror back to the false self exactly what it requires. The answer is obvious. It's a toxic relationship mess. There is no growth, solutions or true connection generated. The narcissistic relationship is a deadly game of attempting control to control any giving to get, stringent conditions and the bad focused on rather than the good with accompanying unhealthy malicious punishment. This version of love is a bottomless pit of agonizing conditional love. Now we are all human, we all carry stuff. We've all had painful things happen to us which have undermined our sense of self, our development of self-esteem, our inner worth and compromised the knowing that we are worthy and lovable simply because we exist. For many of us, these patterns were established in childhood by role models who themselves did not have the upbringings, tools and awareness to know or do any better. And this was tragic. However, as adults, we can make the choice to develop ourselves and grow past the fear, pain and restriction of love hurt to become authentic loving beings. Many people may dismiss this potential to heal with the stories of why they can't heal. Yet, I promise you, I have seen the overwhelming evidence of people who do heal despite absolutely devastating and painful past experiences. Many of the beliefs that we are fighting to break free from come from the brainwashing through romantic movies, books and fairy tales and even advertising to believe that our lives can be transformed and rescued by a lover a magical figure who will sweep into our lives and wash away all of our pain, emptiness, loneliness and depression for us. This is the greatest delusional fantasy because even if we could attract a conscious lover from our own levels of disconnection with ourselves, what happens when this love that we have become so reliant on disappears even temporarily? We are back to square, empty, one again. We have to ask ourselves, 
Are we going to be able to meet the higher calling of relationship? If we have fragile self-esteem, cause of shame, and the inherent self-rejection of believing we are never good enough. For the narcissist and people who are determined to hang on to the victim model, the greatest stumbling block for achieving love is lack of consciousness. The belief that we are not the generator of our own experience. And how this translate is, I don't need to work on me. I will try to manipulate, that's the narcissist's view, or shame, that's the victim's view, this person to grant me what would make me feel better. The corresponding manifestation is disastrous in the long term, regardless of the short term fixes it may grant. From this fragile sense of self, which cannot embrace and love imperfections in self or others, is the resulting perceptions and behaviours. What I'm not getting from the other in order to feel whole. That's where the focus is. And this means in a relationship sense, dismissing positive feedback, love and support and focusing on looking for negatives, raising the bar higher and higher, generating a gender-based loving, looking to offload internal pain rather than working and healing through it, and zero accountability to creating the inner foundations to become an authentic loving partner, generating real healthy love with another. So this means unresolved childhood shame-based wounds erupting, triggering panic, immaturity, Aggression, desertion, handing power over, assigning people as our God instead of establishing a true relationship with a higher power in ourselves and the expectation that someone else is responsible for creating the solutions. So let's investigate what is authentic and inauthentic love. Authentic love is conscious love. It begins with the essential consciousness of realizing that we are a generative source of our own experience. And this changes everything about how we view relationships. And it leads us to these questions. Is relationship supposed to be a model of two people filling up each other's cups in order to maintain love? Or would it be healthier for these two people to already have full cups and then share the overflow? Is it true that relationships with our true soulmates are just supposed to be perfect and that we should just expect consistent great times without issues? Or is it true that we will be challenged to be vulnerable, reveal and work on our blind spots that are not truly loving yet? And be humble enough to seek solutions within ourselves and together to grow ourselves and the relationship to greater heights. So this is what some Facebook members shared regarding their interpretation of love. Love is unconditional and free when you're whole and free. That's really gorgeous. Love is a kind of coming home heart feeling 
with an overwhelming and undeniable sense of acceptance and belonging. Love is a two-way street of caring, compassion, teamwork and dedication to the relationship. Love is a decision made by two people. Love is giving up of yourself unconditionally with no boundaries, being completely vulnerable with your soul and someone and letting go and fully trusting. And the last one, love is acceptance. I think many of us would agree that love is a feeling. And this may be experienced by an opening of our heart that produces feelings of gratitude, warmth, happiness and expansion. Many people can get confused when experiencing these feelings and really need to understand how these feelings can be produced. If we have not yet healed our own inner foundations of not being enough to love, we can easily project love outside of ourselves and we assign these feelings onto another person and childishly and magically create a version of them in our head as the perfect person loving us. And this creates powerful emotions that bombard us without taking the time to get to know this person or their life, their values and whether or not they are a potential person who we can have a healthy, mature relationship with. It also ensures that we miss any evidence that this relationship is not healthy and we will not clarify, lay boundaries or apply self-honest navigation. As one Facebook member wisely wrote, I used to think that love was a feeling, but as I've gotten older and learned more about love and compatibility, not just having things in common, I found that healthy love is a choice. You choose to love and be in love with a person. Feelings and emotions are so fickle. They ebb and flow based on situations, actions, doings. Do not choose a mate solely based on your feelings because your emotions can betray you. Choose a mate based on how the two of you spiritually, emotionally and physically add to one another's lives overall. I totally agree with that. So really there is only one thing more dangerous than not getting to know another person before committing your heart, your body and your soul. And that is not knowing yourself. We can't and don't know ourselves until we have been honest and accepting with ourselves. We can't understand who we are and how we can grow until we have taken a personal inventory let go of the shame and blame about our disappointments and hurt and realize that we are on a grand journey of personally evolving from pain and fear into love and truth. If we can't be truthful with ourselves, we can't establish real and true relationships. We need to understand and really own that water finds its own level. Love matchups don't happen as a random roll of a dice. Our level has nothing to do with whether or not we are good people. It has to do with whether or not we are conscious people. It's the understanding that a love partner can only know, see, accept and love us at the identical levels that we have established and applied this to ourselves. 
So I want to talk a little bit about actions matching the words. One of the most common responses on my Facebook page on this topic of love was like this. I think love is a choice and defined through action. And another, love is actionable by caring, touching, listening, respecting, supporting and loyalty to yourself and the other person or being's needs, desires and growth. Love is the wonderful byproduct of trust, loving kindness, honesty, openness, truth, laughter and gratitude that is consistently, reliably demonstrated. So these people are talking about actions. And one of the clearest ways to define authentic action is noticing if the actions match the words. This is always the measure of a person's character. A solid, healthy character of integrity is synonymous with someone who has the capacity to authentically love. I believe that this gets expressed in everyday life, but even more so we need to consider. Do the actions state love? Not just when times are good, but especially when the pressure is on. Is the love relationship one where the participants take action based on what would love do now rather than take actions unconsciously resulting from unhealed childhood wounds? In relationships which do have two people evolving, co-creating solutions and growth together, this means putting aside egos, doing the inner work on our blind spots, so as not to continue popping off into emotion-based reactions so that we can stay in heart-centered compassion and love for one another. It's also about the willingness to validate and accept perceptions from your partner's point of view as well as their imperfections. We know that narcissistic relationships don't allow for this level of growth and solution creating. And this is where we need to become conscious enough that we don't put the onus on the perpetrator. We have no ability to change his or her level of consciousness or behavior. But we do have the power to take 100% responsibility for our own. When we answer the question, what would love do now when dealing with a narcissist? The answer certainly wouldn't include regressing to powerless emotional states handing our energy over and trying to force an angry five-year-old, aka the narcissist, into accepting basic human fundaments regarding behavior. Doing these things only keeps us chained to and participating in abuse. Love always begins with self-love. And it's never self-damaging or about martyrdom. And it is never about trying to force other people to change against their own will. Not only is this tactic completely ineffectual, doing so only lines you up as the perfect target for someone to continue abusing you. I love this quote from Neil Donald Walsh. And this is it. To allow an abuser to abuse is an act of an abuse. And what this means is this person is never learning the consequences of their actions. They know they can be and do abusive and unconscious acts and still get copious amounts of energy and attention from you. Good or bad, it makes no difference. So what would love do now 
is about the authentic self-loving truth that provides the highest possible loving outcome for all concerned. And I loved this comment from one Facebook member. Love is the ability to relate with life and other people without betraying yourself. What is best for you is best for others as well. It is so true that the truth, which is love, has the highest potential to create everything as wholesome and true, which is such a powerful reason why we need to take the personal responsibility to become it and walk it. Could you imagine a world where there were so many people in personal integrity, having healed their childhood shame core, that narcissists couldn't hook them up, extract energy and abuse them. The result would be that the consciousness of this planet would have lifted enough for narcissism to die out. And this is the new world that nothing short of massive shifts of consciousness can create. But how can we take appropriate calm action without being sabotaged by our own emotions? How can anyone take action to show up differently from a place of love instead of fear when intensely triggered? Showing up differently is not something people can just logically decide to do. If you were to imagine a science experiment that when heated to a certain temperature has the right composition to explode and consistently will every time these conditions are applied you can begin to understand we have the same inner emotional propensity. When granted the right friction, our inner childhood wounds are ignited, panic and fear floods through our systems, and we react in maladaptive ways that reflect these previous unresolved childhood states. These states are the greatest saboteurs of real authentic love unresolved and intensely disowned inner wounds are the exact reasons why narcissists have a hairline trigger and are capable of such incredible, insane, malicious acts. And what that is, is his or her unconscious survival triggers erupting fueled with the compounded, ever-festering wounds of long ago. Our resolved inner wounds identically are the exact reasons we hand our power over, regress back to our childhood states and cling to abusers, assigning them as our God, the dispensers of our survival and worth, rather than having healed and matured to the level of knowing we do have the power to generate these commodities and so much more directly with life. From our side of the fence, we cannot expect to be or generate real love when we are heavily triggered from these wounds of our yesteryears. If we remain unconscious, we will blame these triggers on other people's behaviours. Without realising the grandest purpose of love relationships, which is to create the most powerful arena for ourselves in which to heal and evolve. So what this inevitably means is by the design of our own soul we will continue to get involved in, attract and be attracted to the exact match of our unhealed wounds until we heal them. If we remain unconscious we miss that fact 
and this can match the serial unconsciousness of the narcissist who refuses to learn from from repeat patterns and outcomes. If we were to say, being an authentic, empowered, loving being, generating more of the same is my graduation goal, there would be very little point in taking grade two over and over again. So to change our volcanic inner science experiment, we need to take it from unconscious to conscious. We need to deeply accept that the compositions of the ingredients of the wounds of abandonment, unworthiness, shame and powerlessness lie within us and therefore fall into the territory of our responsibility. No one else can reach inside us on our behalf to research, look at and change these ingredients. Additionally, we need to accept that none of the abusers in our life, including the primary ones, can or will do the healing for us. If we rely on these people changing in order for us to get well, we're stuck in the realm of total helplessness. We need to deeply accept law of attraction, so within, so without, meaning that if we don't start taking responsibility to accept love and heal ourselves beyond our previous traumas, then no one else outside us can help us either. We all know through dealing with narcissists this absolute truth. You can't help someone who has no desire to be conscious and help themselves. And the absolute identical truth applies to ourselves. The great news is we are now living in a world that thankfully is waking up. And now more than ever has evolutionary shifts of consciousness taking place with the supporting information and tools to facilitate it. Now, in this golden time of emerging and growing consciousness, we can heal. We can realize that we unconsciously attracted and allowed and participated and handed our power over to non-authentic love. And the major reason was that we had not as yet been able to anchor into authentic love for ourselves. The abuser's life issues and possibility of healing is not our business. So much of our healing is the evolutionary understanding that breaks us free from codependence, which is the being enmeshed in toxic relationships of reliance, to know our life and state is not dependent on any specific person providing it for us. So exactly what are we healing? We're healing the true origin of our painful experience. We're moving beyond simply trying to battle with the symptoms to deal with the true root cause, the original wounds of fear and pain that up until now have remained unresolved. We can then find, face and heal the wounds that are causing our panic and our powerlessness And we can grow these parts up from the shattered child into the mature adult who is solid, self-loving, calm and empowered. That is when abusers no longer trigger you and you can detach and be the generator of your life that is outside abuse, which becomes more and more of a reality in your life 
as the abuse energy becomes starved of energy and fades away. And you can have a look, and I'm going to give you a link at the end of this show, you can have a look at my program that creates those shifts. So from that inner healed space, we are then ready to start generating, attracting and creating genuine love. So I want to go over some reflections about real love. Now I really believe that if I was to use one word that sums up real love, starting from the inside out, that it comes down to one word, value. Because if we truly, authentically value ourselves, flaws and all, we realize a very vital thing. We realize that we are all of equal value, which means I am not inferior or superior to anyone and neither are you. We also realize that we are all valued by a higher power simply because we exist. When we value ourselves enough, we show up in integrity and we share the truth in our heart. We allow people to really see us and we are able to really see them. When we know our own value, we no longer try to force other people to give it to us and we no longer make love conditional on certain requirements in order to feel more valuable. When we know our value, We no longer accept being devalued by trying to argue, fix or make somebody else's version of us different in order to feel valuable. When we have inner value, we no longer give with the agenda of having to receive back. Until we recognize and anchor into our own value, we cannot value others or value our relationships and we cannot be valued by others. When we recognize ours and others' value, we can connect, we can be authentic, and we can authentically love. So to finish off, I'd love to share with you some of these wonderful messages about love that were shared by Facebook members. The first is this, love is acceptance, strength, vulnerability, valuing yourself, the person or other being. And then... Love is the essence of that moment of gratitude. It is golden. It's the cheer of a heart, the light up of a soul, the spur of an action or the let go of a hurt or just a laugh or just a cry. It is in the silence. It is the stillness and that spark within. It's a spark in others. It is the absorption of life. It is just in those moments. And we can connect or disconnect on so many different levels of love. And love is a wonderful byproduct of trust, loving kindness, honesty, openness, truth, laughter and gratitude that is consistently, reliably demonstrated. Love is holding the space to be exactly what you and those you care to share it with need to be. I love that one. That's beautiful. Love is absence of ego, complete acceptance. Yes, it is. Love is acceptance of the other's flaws and mutual appreciation to an unconditional point that each soul feels free yet supported, cared for and more whole. That's a brilliant one as well. 
And then, quite simply, we are love. Love just is. There are actually no words to describe love and when we begin to, we immediately move away from love and what it really is and instead are actually back to mind, kind, mind concepts again. That is so very true. <clears throat> also, I'd love to share with you this inspirational post from a lady who has experienced new true love after 25 years of being with a narcissist in an abusive marriage. And this is what she wrote. I know what it, which is love, is. I am free to be me. I'm respected. I'm heard. I'm supported. I'm encouraged. I'm cuddled. He holds my hand. He talks to me. He smiles at me. He kisses my forehead. He strokes my hair. He strokes me all over gently. I'm not yelled at. I'm not mocked. I'm not put down. I'm not manipulated. I'm not abused. I'm not given silent treatment. I'm not given filthy looks. I don't walk on eggshells. I smile. I laugh. We share. We cook together. We clean together. We enjoy, enjoy each other's company. We don't have to go places or do things we can just be. We communicate through mind, body and soul. It is gentle, it is kind, it is trust, it is respect. I've never known or felt anything like this before. When we have to part, we have tears in our eyes and we miss each other. I'm truly blessed and grateful to have been able to experience this in this lifetime. So this lady also stated on Facebook, I never thought I was worthy of ever experiencing this. But once I was brave enough to be free and then accepting of myself, fate stepped in. I love what she shared. And I really, truly believe the key here is this accepting of myself. That's what turned the key for her. Because this is where love begins and this is where love is and this is where love will always be. So I hope that this radio show has inspired you to have a deeper understanding of real love and I look forward to answering your comments and questions on my blog article that will be coming out later today. And if you want to know more about my healing program which finds and addresses those childhood wounds that have been keeping you trapped in painful and abusive relationships, you can check out more about that by going to melanietoniaevans.com forward slash services forward slash narc abuse recovery. And you can go to that and that will tell you more or you can go to my website and have a look at healing programs and you'll see the Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Program there. So I look forward to your comments and your questions on the blog article. And that's it for me on radio for this week. And lots of love and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.